welcome to the Hopeful Humanist Cafe. I am Woodrow II. As you know, my dad is a hopeful humanist. He has a little clip from his friend Captain Jack that has a t-shirt idea and some thoughts about routine. But I should get going now because my dad doesn't want me to hear some of the words in the conversations. But Jack, what are some of your ideas? Peace out. Now that I'm in week two, it's sort of, you know, falling into routine. And, you know, I don't know if it's the older I get or what. I like routine. I don't think I used to be one, a creature of routine. But I kind of am now. I think it's age, man. I think it's because, you know, the older you get, the more you realize life's too short for bullshit. So establishing your routine is an efficient way to do things, right? Just like wearing uniforms, right? It's efficient. Like, you know, I don't put hardly any stock in what I wear. I almost have uniforms to work. I have not quite literally uniforms, but I have polo shirts. There's about five of them, six of them, that are all the same but different colors. And then I have, like, you know, like chino pants, sort of like in between dress and casual pants. Again, they're all pretty much the same, just different colors. So I go in there and I grab a shirt and a pants, done. Because why waste time? right and yeah when I was younger I would be driving all over God's creation every semester would be a new routine you know and that's fine when you're younger till you realize all that you know moving around and difference it takes energy and time right because at the end of the day you still have to center yourself and so the good thing about routine is you know how to expect you know what to expect And therefore, you can organize your time more efficiently, you know? So I think that's the value of routine. You know, with wisdom comes also the realization that, you know, time is fleeting and precious, right? Tempest fugit. And so why waste it on a lot of spinning your wheels? What an intro. I had some help there from my oldest son. Woodrow II, he's uh, identified that that's going to be a cyber handle that he's going to enjoy. And also from a lifelong friend, spiritual brother, Captain Jack. So this is the Hopeful Humanist Cafe, and I am Steve the Hopeful Humanist. And you're joining me for an evening walk here in Cape Town of Southern Ontario. It's minus three, feels like minus seven. The snow's coming down. And I thought I'd like to do something different, something unconventional. So I'm doing a literal walk and talk outside and I got my Zoom H1 handy recorder. Don't have my lapel mic. I got my windshield on the Recorder, so it looks like I'm carrying around a microphone. And the idea between the Hopeful Humans Cafe is to explore helpful resources, hopefully that are free, and to to give us uh, some activities, uh, some things to think about that could, you know, just create a, get our creative juices flowing. And so I had uh, this opportunity where my son wanted to do 
the intro. His uh, initial cyber handle, I think, was um, he was going with James, but he's decided Woodrow the second is a little bit more exciting and akin to um, the persona that he would like to creatively create. Uh, Captain Jack, I guess I should do some explaining. So Captain Jack, this idea comes from high school. In high school, my good friend, lifelong spiritual brother, uh, Captain Jack, had a column in the local high school newspaper, our high school, and it was called, uh, it was uh, this high school called St. Jerome's High School. And we had a paper and uh, my friend Captain Jack was a part of the team that ran the newspaper and he had a column excitingly called Captain Jack's Seaworthy Suggestions. He has no um, real abilities <laughs> in uh, you know the aquatic world. But it was just something that uh, I think that uh, it was playful and, and, and it stuck. And so when he sent me the little clip that you listen to of a file, of a, a larger file in terms of our weekly communications, we send some voice files to one another. And when I was listening to that part of the file that he sent me, that, that one clip, it just really resonated with me. Um, without knowing it, inadvertently, he gave us an idea for a t-shirt, a novel t-shirt idea. Um, life's too short for, and I'll leave the uh, particular language that he used for him. Um, so yeah, life's too short for BS. And, uh, you know, I, that just really resonated with me in terms of the whole you are what you eat kind of thinking that goes beyond just um, food. You know, we, we, we go to work, we come home, we, we do the business of life, you know, chores, errands, and then, you know, then we sit down and then we, things seem to pour into us. And, and I've just become really mindful lately about what did you know I've just been trying to be more conscious about the things that it is the things that I'm putting into me you know in terms of TV shows the kind of books that I read um, websites that I might visit and I really do think that uh, some of my attention could be redirected to healthier more optimistic and um, positive directions. And then he gave this idea about schedules and the, and the importance for schedules. And, and I thought that they really f fit together, this idea that life's too short for, for BS. It's just, it's, it's just too short to invest in things that really don't enhance uh, our lived experience, that don't contribute meaning, that don't help us 
um, solidify and nurture important relationships that help us have good mental and physical health that um, yeah what's something that we might be able to do to make sure that we don't get derailed and this idea of a schedule came up and and he proposed as you heard in the clip um, a thought about uh, how you might prepare yourself for getting ready uh, for for a day of work in terms of uh, work attire and so I went online and I, I became really curious about quotes on schedules and I came up with two that I found really interesting and so I thought you know what would be nice uh, to do uh, on this episode something fairly simple um, a quote off now, which one of these quotes do you think seems to resonate a little more true in terms of the benefits that one might experience if we create a, a routine or implement a schedule in our lives so I'm just a little distance from the house because I'm kind of walking around my street here. I hope that the wind is not so overpowering that you can't hear my voice because if that's the case, then I'm going to have to redo this this episode. But I went to Goodreads and I got two quotes. I'm going to shortly, very shortly, read those two quotes and invite you the listener to think about what quote seems to resonate more with you in terms of this idea of schedules one is a very brief concise quote and another one has a little bit more length to it and then after that um, I'll share a thought and then I'll end with a novel first sentence suggestion from my friend and uh, another friend and spiritual brother Danielson and I I probably won't give much comment on his uh, novel first sentence I will say that he he suggested it was quite a challenge to to take some time and to craft something for me and he was wondering like you know like what what you need to include in a novel first sentence in terms of a, a book that you know um you'd like to write but realistically probably will never write does everything need to be included in that first sentence in terms of suggesting the the, the uh, grander um, the terrain of, of the novel or could it just be simply suggestive of, of something that then would eventually um, grow and include some other things that would not be a part of that um, first sentence, novel first sentence. Okay, so let's let's get to the uh, quotes here on schedule schedules. So the first quote comes to us from Wilkie Collins, the woman in white. My hour for tea is half past five, and my buttered toast waits for nobody. So that's uh, the first consideration for our quote-off. 
I've got a light dusting of snow all over my windshield on my microphone here. Uh, the second quote is by Annie Dillard, The Writing Life. How do we spend our days is, of course, how we spend our lives. What we do with this hour and that one is what we are doing. A schedule defends from chaos and whim. It is a net for catching days. It is a scaffolding on which a worker can stand and labor with both hands at sections of time. A schedule is a mock-up of reason and order, willed, faked, and so brought into being. It is a peace and a haven set into the wreck of time. It's a lifeboat on which you find yourself decades later, still living. So I, I guess the idea behind a quote-off would be which two of those quotes seems to resonate or strike a chord uh, more truly uh, than the other. Um, and so, you know, uh, just to give a moment of pause and then uh, I'll share a thought. You can find these quotes at uh, Goodread and I'll, I'll, I'll provide the link. Well, you know, often in life we're given situations where people like to craft either-or scenarios. Either, uh, in terms of this quote-off, the, the first quote is uh, the one that resonates more truly, or it's the second. And I'm, I'm going to suggest that uh, I think the two quotes actually work hand-in-hand. Hand. Um, the initially, initially, I, I was drawn to Anne Dillard's quote because there's a whole bunch in there. But just this idea of it's a, it's a lifeboat. It defends against chaos and whim. right? Like if we do not want to waste our time, if, if, if life is too short uh, for BS, we might want to create some routines that are significant, meaningful, that can keep us on track and pr provide that scaffolding. Uh, I had a nice discussion with my mom about these two quotes and I asked her which one seemed to resonate more for her and her, her first reaction was, well, the, uh, you know, de depending on what stage in life a person's at, you know, for instance, retirement, perhaps in this case, and, uh, in terms of the the various uh, changing demands of life, the the one thing that the uh, the second quote seems to be missing is this um, the, the the room for um, being flexible. It, uh, it you almost have a sense of a person perhaps white knuckling it and holding um, dearly onto this this schedule this this routine this way. And um, uh, just a, a, a lack of um, open it, openness, uh, 
lack of uh, tolerance um, for going off track a little bit when perhaps it might be necessary. So th that definitely got my attention. So initially, I was actually drawn to the Ann Dillard. Um, but I uh, I think they definitely complement each other. But the uh, Wilkie Collins, I think in the end, resonated more strongly. But as I said, I believe that uh, they, they work in tandem with one another. I I think the... Uh, the importance of the Wilkie Collins is that there are some things that it seems like make life really meaningful and that if we get caught up in the machinations of life and you know we're, we're um, kind of absorbed by um, our work right because you know in, in the West it's kind of like the, the cult of work is that uh, background that we exist within that you know there, there are times when we think well you know um, if I don't do it now I can do it later right we can think about that in terms of playing with our kids or you know going on a date night with our spouse or partner and and it seems like there could be a real danger that uh, we we don't actually nurture and feed the fire of things that are important and meaningful to us. And and in this Wilkie Collins quote, this, uh, my hour for tea is half past five, so it's like, you know what? There are going to be things that pull me in different directions, and I will have to attend to them. Um, but you know what? Every day, I'm going to make sure there's a space for me, and my buttered toast waits for nobody. So it's like, you know, like I'm gonna go, and you're welcome to join me. But, and but if you don't, I'm still gonna do it. I'm still gonna have my tea because it's a priority to me. And the other thing I get a sense of when I'm looking at this quote is you don't you don't sense that this is um, something a person is doing for hours and uh, hours upon hours. It's it's something that is set aside. It's deliberate. It's meaningful. Um, but it's it's not about uh, a four-hour commitment per se. It's about just making space for slowing down and making sure we don't lose sight of the things that are really important for us. So yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that uh, maybe some uh, thoughts might have been stirred for you in terms of this, this quote off. I kind of initially fashioned it as an either-or, but I, I think we, we, we don't have to go in that direction, and that's my um, creative solution to <laughs> uh, the uh, either-or dilemma I initially posed. So, we, we're going to look now at uh, another contribution to this episode um, from another one of my friends, uh, Danielson, and he offered me a novel first sentence to share. And his novel first sentence goes as such, the mirror conjured a new testimony of age, evidence of a deeper parenthesized mouth that launched a regret-flavored reverie 
as he scrutinized his disturbingly unrecognizable face. So I'm, I'm going to pause there, and uh, and I think I'm I'm going to choose to not comment at this point. <laughs> I I think it might be a thread that I'll pick up at a, another time in a future episode, just to kind of um, honor the fact that some some time, energy, and uh, creativity went into. Danielson's creation of this novel first sentence. Um, but I mean, uh, I I don't hesitate to um, offer a response because I don't have a response. No, no. Uh, I, I, I think that there are um, some initial feelings, uh, reactions that, that I have. But um, I'd just like to leave that as, as something that speaks for itself at this point. So I, I, I'm hoping that uh, this might be something I'll be able to continue to do in future episodes. Um, Captain Jack, my good friend, and Danielson, they've both offered me their cyber handles uh, and are open to future clippings and sharings in terms of um, offerings of uh, their experiences and and I'm I, and I'm grateful to that and and my son Woodrow the second yeah and that's a curious thing I I, I was wondering uh, why not Woodrow the first but I, I think uh, there was something um, playfully suggested about Woodrow II uh, that he decided to go with. So I'd like to uh, thank you for joining me at the Hopeful Humanist Cafe for this quote-off on ideas uh, from two different authors about uh, schedules. And I'd like to uh, thank this collective Involvement and contribution um, from Woodrow II, Captain Jack, and Daniel Sun. And I do look forward to some more seaworthy suggestions. So thank you for joining me on this cold, brisk evening. Minus three feels like n minus nine. And uh, I look forward to our next conversation. Peace and take care. <laughs>